Welcome to the Naturopath Next Door podcast, an unfiltered health, wellness, and lifestyle podcast without the fluff. I'm your host, Pam, naturopath, nutritionist, personal trainer, and owner of Pam Heard Naturopath. Hello, and welcome to episode number 23 of the Naturopath Next Door. In this episode, I'm going to be speaking to Elizabeth, and she has a passion for helping new and expecting mums find clarity and confidence with their baby's motor development through the first year. I know when I was a first-time mum, I kind of stumbled through it because I wasn't 100% sure of what I really needed to do. But today, Elizabeth will give us some tips and how we can play with our babies throughout the first year as well to help with their development. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you today? Hi, Pam. I'm doing great. Thank you. Can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, I am a pediatric physical therapist, and I am also the owner and founder of Abilifit Motor Development Specialist. And um, I've been a pediatric physical therapist since 2001. And I've worked in a variety of settings. And right now, I am focusing on helping new and expectant moms um, achieve clarity and confidence for themselves during the first year of motor development Um, so that they don't have to worry if what they're doing is right or wrong or are they messing stuff up. So I'm taking the medical background, but I really want to help just regular moms Yeah, awesome. It's a pretty scary time, particularly when you're a first mom. Did you always have an interest in pediatrics or did you just naturally fall into it? Um, I guess, I guess both. I, um, I did naturally fall into it. I, prior to physical therapy school, I was a teacher. So I, before that I worked summer camps all the time. Um, and then I ended up in being a head counselor at a special needs, uh, summer camp. Well, I didn't have any training at that time. So I think it just came to me and uh, just picked it up. And I was doing some really in-depth stuff with some complicated, you know, medical situations. And I was like, okay. So just from there, when I went to college, I went to for kinesiology, uh, human movement science, and then decided to get a master's because I really liked college. But that ended up giving me a a teaching certification uh, for life, which is cool. They did that back then. Then I was like, always planned to go to physical therapy school, but so I worked for a little bit, but I always worked camps. And then I got a certified teacher for K through, uh, K through 12, but I taught elementary. Then I taught adapted PE for the kids with special needs. Then I went to babies. So just kind of long answer to your question there. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Did you notice that when you were doing all of those camps that there maybe was some gaps missing? Because, you know, when you're a first-time parent, you don't know what to do, right? you kind of kind of like the blind leading the blind. You know, back then I was young and frivolous, so um, not so much. But, but recently I do, especially since being a mom, and then the patients that would find me. I do see some really big gaps. Yeah, I don't think it's a really a massive area that uh, gets discussed, to be honest. I know that when I had both of my kids, I didn't really, nobody sat me down and was like, oh, you should do this kind of play with them because that will help, you know, develop this and, and so on. Did you have that right. at all? No, I mean, I always felt like I was going to be extra prepared because of my background. 
which I was, but there was still stuff that I was, I always thought, well, nobody told me this. Why did nobody tell me this? Like, and I knew a ton of stuff already. So yeah, I mean, you, everybody jokes that you wish that you came home with a manual of some sort or a handbook and you really don't. And so I decided, Hey, I, you know, have a lot of experience in this area. Maybe I can help people out. Yeah, definitely. Cause I think there's so much emphasis put on the birth, but nobody tells you about what happens after that. <laughs> you know, funny thing is I have all these years of experience and I, I will never forget the feeling of like, they're like, okay, you're discharged. See you later. And I was like, they're just giving it to me. Like we're done. <laughs> My husband goes, um, are you ready for this? I was like, no. And I mean, I just imagine, you know, people who are younger than me, I wasn't super young or people who are just never been around babies or, you know, just don't even have that experience. You must freak out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think you freak out at the best of times, alone if you do have information <laughs> as well. <laughs> What's some really, some fun and practical ways that we can, you know, help develop the motor skills in such, you know, when they're in such a young age? Okay. So I kind of came up with five, five key things when I was going through, you know, all the stuff that, that I could teach people. Um, I'm calling it playing with purpose. So you're playing, you're not working. It doesn't have to be, you know, exercise session. So the first one is kind of know what the age appropriate skills for that time that you're in. So for example, you don't want to try to make your one month old, try to be roll from their back to their stomach and then get all worried that they're not doing that, you know, or a four month old try to sit by themselves and then you're freaking out. Okay, so that's what I'm going to say my first tip is have a just kind of a general idea of what they're supposed to be doing, you know, and you, I, I go into detail in another kind of in one of my um, free trainings about how the motor skills charts aren't great because they can be really conflicting and confusing. And so I, I don't like using them for do I have something wrong or something, you know, to know exactly if something's wrong or not. But I do like using it for a general idea. You know, okay, they're one month. They can kind of do some stuff. They can lift their head. They can move their head from side to side. But they shouldn't be flipping over, you know, and sitting up. And so then you get freaked out. Yeah, I mean, I guess some people would freak out as well if they were one month and they weren't doing it. Should, you know, you start to worry at sometimes because some tips, um, sometimes babies develop at different rates, don't they? They definitely do. You know, there's kind of some guidelines and those are hard to find, which is why I decided to work in this area of, you know, of my experience kind of honing it in because it could be variability, but the variability is there's still a certain way that they can move and they can look. And a lot of times your intuition might be right. And it is good to have somebody tell you, okay, everything's cool, everything's fine, or yeah, let's let's look at this. It's always better yeah. to rule stuff out than to just leave it and then go from there. Def- yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, um, what's tip number two? Tip number two. Oh, wait, one more thing on number oh, one I forgot. Sure. So doesn't mean that you can't work on any of those things that are ahead of their level. That's what I wanted to add in there. It's kind of in a slow and supported way. Like you'll see people holding an infant in sitting 
on their lap, even though they're like three months old, you can hold them at sitting and standing to play with them. It's, I was just talking about the expectations of that they should be doing that on their own. Um, all right. Tip number two is, this is, a, this is a big one. Toy position, nobody tells you this. Toy position and your position of where you are can get their baby to move where you might want them to and they haven't really thought of it yet. So if you're like, okay, I want to see if they can roll and they're on their, let's just start with their back. You can move your head in a happy way or the toy that they're interested in over to the side and kind of do it with them. And that will encourage the different movements that you might want to play with or that you might want to work on or you saw on Sesame Street. You're like, oh, cool, let's try that. Do y'all have Sesame Street in Australia? Yeah, we have a Sesame Street. (laughs) No, we do. Okay, 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 good. (laughs) I mean, my kids are five and four and I've never heard that before. So that's a really practical tip to like be able to help them develop the brain and, you know, move through those different movements with them. Yeah, that's kind of a, I think, a secret they keep for the pediatric therapist. I don't know why. (laughs) Do you have to do it uh, a multiple number of times? Like, should you do, okay, well, let's just try this three times or should we just do it once or there's no kind of magic number there? So there's not really a magic number because you know, you have a young baby and you're home and you want to just play with them and you want to keep it happy for right now. It's, it's a different story if you're down the road and your doctor requested, you know, physical therapy and you're with a therapist and you're working on something specific. That's going to be a different scenario. So for you at home with the baby, you're just playing. So if the baby's happy, you can keep doing it. You know, if you want to try, you know, try something else, that's fine too. Yeah. So just don't make it a chore basically. Right which moves right on into number three. Okay, great. (laughs) Perfect lead-in. It's basically to work it in throughout the day. So it does not have to be this hour exercise session. Like if we went to, you know, a workout class or did a video, it doesn't have to be like that for your baby um, to be effective. It really doesn't. So the baby needs to feel that it's happy and enjoyable. You know, so you can work it in uh, during diaper change time. Say you want to move their legs around, you know, or uh, during feeding time, you know, you work on bring their hands together and do some claps in between or whatever you're thinking of or you saw it somewhere and you want to do it. So you can work it all in or it's like, okay, it's baby floor time now. You can do 15 minutes, 10 minutes and, you know, go on with your life. Yeah, definitely. I don't think that really changes all throughout life, does it? Because I know if I don't enjoy exercise, I don't want to do it. (laughs) I know. I know. I made myself do one the other day and it was like, okay, I mean, I did it, but it's just, you know, you don't, you don't want your baby. They just came into the world. You want them to have a little bit of happy time. Yeah. Because it is such an important (laughs) development time, isn't it? You don't want to be creating that anxiety at such a young age. Right. I think that that happens these days, you know, way more than it should already. So that is one thing I definitely thank you for having me because I wanted to impart that information to new moms. You know, it it doesn't have to be a stressful time, you know, and if it is, talk to somebody. But the play with your baby should be play. It should be fun. Yeah, absolutely. I guess everything can compound if you're not sleeping, if they're not feeding well, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It can um, get a little bit overwhelming, but that's when 
you have to remember you don't have to do it all yourself, right? There is right. people to help you. Tip number four. Oh, we moved right in another segue again. Oh. So make it fun and happy. So the reason is that babies will either learn that doing these activities is fun and they look forward to them because it makes you happy as well, or they're going to feel like it's stressful and that it makes you upset and they're not going to want to participate. So I know that sounds like this highly cognitive thought process, but they do feel what we feel. And if you're like, okay, it's exercise time now. And it's like, pull out this rattly toy and you're just like, oh, like so stressed out about it. They're not going to want to do it either. So they're going to feel that this is, oh, this is not really a fun thing. And you're not, a lot of times there's no blame here, but people don't realize they're doing that. Yeah. So it's good when it's a relaxed time for you and a relaxed time for them. You know, some people might be listening to this and might say, well, I don't really have a lot of those moments. Do not play with my baby. And I don't want to say that either. I'm just saying they need to feel that it is a happy thing to be playing with you. Like your face is happy and your tone is happy. So then they, if you're not like, oh, she doesn't really like this, you know? Yeah, I mean, and that can create even more happiness within you, right? Because I know when my kids are happy, I'm a lot happier. But when they're not happy, I'm not happy. (laughs) This is true. And, you know, I read something recently, and even though it was this one short sentence, it's like kids want a happy mom, not an efficient mom. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm passing this on to even the infants, you know. They don't don't care if we're efficient. You know, they, they don't really care about that. So there you go. Well, I guess they don't really have much perspective about being efficient or what kind of everything <laughs> else has to go on around them because, you know, as a kid, you, you're living in bliss, aren't you? You just no responsibility going through life. Loving it. It's true. I yeah. know. I know. Sometimes we all want to go back there. Yes and no. I mean, there's positives yeah. and negatives, isn't there? What's the fifth tip? Okay, so fifth tip is a little more practical side. It's hold and play with your baby in different ways and positions that can make different muscles work and some to stretch. And so I know that sounds a little technical and you're like, what are you talking about? But what I mean is do different positions. So they can be on their tummy sometimes and you can do play with the toys or talk to them or move your face to different areas. They can be on their side. A lot of people don't know to play on the side and sometimes baby will do it by themselves so parents don't have to think of that but it's a good idea too they can play on their back you can hold them facing uh, out to the world is one way you can hold the baby that's a little different like them sitting in your arm um, supported and facing out and then you can also hold them in your non-dominant arm and so that will give their head has to move a different way to see things and the different side of their trunk has to work. So that's the technical part. But if you just think about playing with them in different, like a variety of ways in different positions, all the other stuff will happen without you having to really think about it. Yeah. So it's just a natural progression basically. Yeah. And nobody really tells you that either. So that's another little secret. I don't want to put off that you have to overthink it. I just mean like you don't only have to play with your baby laying on their back looking straight at their face. You know, you can put them in different positions and still make it fun. That's what I'm, I guess, when it, like if, 
picture that you wanted to play in the middle of your bed and you have, you know, adult size bed and you put them there on their back and then maybe you go to the side and then you kind of bring them with you, you know, to the side and maybe you hold them uh, sitting up. So just, just kind of, and not all at the same time. You're not like, okay, I got to do this like an exercise program. Just when you're walking out the door, sometime, you know, you can hold them face forward, you know, and then they'll get to look at what you're doing. Yeah. Cause can we overstimulate them and give them too much at one time? Not really. Only if their uh, mood wasn't in it. Okay. So I won't say no completely because there are going to be some babies who you might be, you know, uh, let's see, for example, like some kids like bouncing, right? And, uh, I'm going to say bouncing when they're strong enough to hold their head up themselves. You never want to bounce an infant that doesn't have head control yet and it's not holding them strong, their head. So, but if you're bouncing some babies, they'll laugh and they like it. And some babies, they'll have a little stressed out look on their face. And if that's the case, you don't never do bouncing, but you would do just like a little bit and then you would stop. And you do a little bit and then you'd stop. So I'd say kind of based on their reaction. Okay. Like my my brother came over one time and he's um, much older than me and his kids are grown a long time ago. But he took my son when he was little and he started doing these crazy throwing him up in the air stuff and catching him. But he wasn't that old. And I'm sitting there going, okay, I know these positions can be good for him, but he's never done any of this before because we're a little, you know, more on the soft side and he's throwing him and catching him, throwing him and catching him. So he did get a little overstimulated to where he was crazy the rest of the night. Like he was acting just crazy personality, like cracking up, laughing weird and doing weird. And I was like, oh my Lord, he like overstimulated my child. <laughs> so, I mean, there's not any like horrible, you know, things you can do, but just go by the baby's, maybe their response. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the best thing about being an uncle or a grandparent. You always give the baby back <laughs> afterwards, right? Yes. He did crazy stuff and he's like, see you later. That's like so, all, all of my friends and then go, oh, I'm just going to fill them up on lollies and give them back to you because, you know, my kids don't have that very often. So they can go a little right. nuts sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yeah, but if you have any kind of concern about any of this stuff is when you would seek out someone to ask your specific questions. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's really important that if you're feeling overwhelmed, just to reach out to somebody in that area. Is there anything else that you're wanting to add? Um, so the only thing I, I've recently created a free training called Five Mistakes That Parents Make That Can Really Impact Their Children. So these I kind of gave you tips. Um, and so I created this free training and it is going to be on the link that you're going to post is if you learned some stuff here with me today, which I hope you did. And you want to learn more, I do have that up uh, on a YouTube video. And then I also, if you wanted to ask any personal questions, I have a contact form on there as well that you can kind of book a free call and uh, meet me personally and see if there's anything you needed help with or just wanted to ask some questions. You get that, there's a free call you can have. Yeah, awesome. So I'll drop the links down below. Um, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. It was fun. I, I really hope that I that I imparted and helped somebody out, you know, and 
and served served someone. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think there's some gold nuggets in there that people can take away and and just start to implement straight away. It's not something that you kind of have to wait for. It's like, okay, we can start to do this now. Thank you so much for listening to the Naturopath Next Door podcast. If you are loving what you're hearing, I would really appreciate it if you hit subscribe and leave a short review. Also, if you've learned something this episode, make sure that you share it on your Instagram stories and tag me, Pam underscore naturopath. Wherever you are in the world, I hope you have a really good day and I will catch you next week on the Naturopath Next Door. Naturopath Next Door.